as Paul mentioned, my wife and I live in, we're both from Minnesota, but we now live in Washington, D.C., um, which is a fun time. I think I spoke maybe a couple years ago on negativity fasts. You guys remember that, taking a fast from negativity? I'm going to take another one. Uh, I feel like it's time. I feel like, I feel like it's due. I feel like it's a good time in uh, the nation's history to do that. Uh, it's really exciting to be in D.C. right now. Um, about four months ago, the Lord started speaking to me about there were some folks that were <laughs> kind of losing their positions in uh, prominence in the country. And the Lord just spoke to me and he said, there's going to be a lot more. And um, so just pay attention to what you're saying. Um, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of folks who have these things, platforms, microphones, that some of them have been, rem are anyway, there's some shifting that's going on. Um, I think there's going to be some new voices in our culture. Um, so anyway, just pay attention to that kind of stuff and uh, be positive and keep praying for God's will to be done. Um, we know in First Timothy that he says to us, that first of all, I ask that prayers, intercessions, and supplications be given for rulers, governors, for all those in authority, for what purpose? So that we can all live a peaceable and godly life. So why don't we do that real quick? Can we do that? We'll just, just pray for the president and the, and the country. So Father, we just, we love you, and we love the plans that you have for this country. We love the destiny that you have on this nation. Um, and Lord, we just ask for grace and mercy to come upon our rulers. And all those in authority, God, all authority comes from you. It's all delegated from you. And so we ask, God, for grace for all of our rulers, all of our elected officials, God, all of our appointed officials. We pray for the president. We pray for President Donald Trump. We ask for your blessing and your hand to be upon him, all his advisors. We ask for godly counsel, godly wisdom. God, we ask for wisdom and knowledge beyond his experience and years, beyond his place in history. We ask for divine revelation and grace to come upon him. In Jesus' name, amen. That's awesome. No, I agree with that, Karen. Thank you. And I was talking to Paul earlier, just before the service started. At least the sense in D.C. that we have among the, the Christians there is with, with kind of some stuff going on in the government and some uncertainties. The church is having a sense that it's time for them to rise up, like whatever the government is or is not doing, um, that it's time for the church to be the church, which I think that's a healthy thing, right? I've been encouraged by this in this last couple of years. There's more people talking about the kingdom and its separation from the kingdoms of this world than I've ever seen before in my life. There's more people focused on the kingdom of God as opposed to just the kingdoms of this world, which I, I'm really encouraged by that. So, But today, I want to talk about, this is one of my life messages, actually. And I call it, Why the Mundane Matters. Hmm... So let me make a statement. You will spend the majority of your life doing normal things on normal days for normal reasons. <laughs> let me say that one more time. You will spend the majority of your life doing normal things on normal days for normal reasons. Therefore... It must be that 
those things are really important. Because we know that God is always working in us to want us to do what he wants us to do and give us the power to do it. Philippians 2.13. He's always working in us to will and to do his good pleasure. We know he's always working to reconcile the cosmos back to his son. We know that he's making the earth look more and more like heaven. We know what the final end of the story is. So if you kind of do the math, when is he working in me to will and to do his good pleasure? And when is he working in and through me to reconcile everything back to him? If you're looking at it from just a time perspective, well, the majority of my life is spent doing pretty normal stuff. (laughs) Making food, eating that food, cleaning up after that food, driving to work, driving back from work. Let me just make a statement. You will probably, in the course of your life, spend more time in the bathroom than you will spend in church. And that's okay. That's not bad. In fact, that's a good thing, right? But if you're just thinking about it, like, and I don't know about you, but I spent, I I actually think I wasted a lot of years being frustrated that normal life, quote unquote, was keeping me from my destiny. Right? Does it ever feel like that? Like normal life is a distraction from spiritual things? Or I really have this, I have this stuff to do and this normal life stuff keeps getting in the way. Does anyone ever feel like that? Anybody ever feel like that? But here, here's the trick, guys. If we don't learn to embrace those normal, routine, mundane activities as the primary way that God is working in us and through us, we are essentially forfeiting the majority of our lives. Yeah, you're basically punting most of your life and saying this part of my life, God can encounter me or I can encounter God. That other stuff I get through, it's like working for the weekend, right? (laughs) It's like I just live Monday through Friday and I just slump my way and then I get to the weekend. But so many of us do that in our spiritual lives, too. My wife and I both grew up in the charismatic, renewal, revival circles. We are very event-driven in our circles, right? I love how Larry Randolph says, in our, in our circles, everything is either back to acts or it's forward to revival. <laughs> it's all about the next move of God, the next conference, the next world-changing event. I love all that stuff. There are world-changing events. I've been massively changed at conferences. I love them. I wouldn't trade them for the world. But the conference doesn't last forever, right? Sunday's here right now, but Monday is coming. Right, Monday is coming, right? We don't live in the conference. We don't live in the worship service. We live doing normal life. So my, but my encouragement to you is that is actually exactly where God is working in you. And if you take that lens, you can embrace all of your life and see it as the way that God is actually working in you what you've always wanted him to do. If you think about it, is there a better way to learn patience than being stuck in a traffic jam? 
Is there a better way to practice the presence of God and grow in patience and peace than when some jerk cuts you off in traffic? Thank you. See, when you start looking at this, and because so many people, they look at different Christian heroes of theirs, and they're like, oh, I want to be like that person. They have such a deep life with God. How did they get that deep life with God? The same way anyone else does. You have 24 hours in a day, just like everyone else does. And if you take your whole life and say, no, 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 everything I'm doing, God is always with me. God is always inside me. He's always with me, and he's always above me. Like, there's never a moment where I'm not with God. Right? Ephesians 2.8. Through him we have access to the Father by the Spirit. We are always in his presence. What we lack sometimes is awareness of his presence. And I don't think most of us struggle with the significance of life. I think most of us struggle with feeling that in this moment this is significant. When I'm doing, when I'm, I don't know about you, but eating, eating, eating is pretty important, right? You need to eat to live. But I don't know about you, but a lot of times I don't feel super significant when I'm eating something. I'm usually just running like, man, that breakfast sandwich was powerful. Really touched me. It was good. Gave me fuel. But it is really powerful, right? And it's, it's really important. Your normal, real, everyday life is really important. So I want you to think today about your real life. Not, not your ideal life. Not the life you want to live someday when you have all these breakthroughs. Okay? I mean your real life right now. And I want us, as I'm talking here, to think of your life as like a plate with all the different sections of it. And I want you to just put it on an altar and say... Actually, I can redeem all of this because God's always with me. And you can encounter God in the boring. And part of this revelation that I've gotten came out of, honestly, frustration. I was in grad school, and one day I just, it it hit me. I was like, oh my, I've wasted a third of my life at school maybe not hopefully not maybe it'll be less maybe like a quarter but i'm just like this is so much time like so much time like why what's the purpose of all of it have you ever been like that like have you ever been stuck in a traffic jam and you're like okay well that's two hours gone i mean but you ever think about it i mean does like the father in heaven have to go Ooh, ooh. Okay, we're going to have to extend their life now by at least a couple months because they had a destiny, but that traffic jam didn't see that coming. Guess I got to extend their life. Do we feel like that? Do we feel like normal stuff is like pulling us out of our destiny? So we often don't connect the prayers that we have here on Sunday for, for power and authority to change the nations. We often don't connect it with the encounter that we have at the grocery store a few hours later. Or the coworker that you interact with on Monday. We pray to be more like Jesus, and then we go to the grocery store, and the cashier is new, and they don't know what they're doing, and they run my credit card, and the credit card doesn't work, and they've charged me for two items instead of one, and they've made a big mistake. What is that? It's life. But it's God giving me an awesome opportunity to grow in grace right there. 
it's really fun when you start viewing your entire life as open territory for God to move in you and through you. Because we know all the time you are surrounded by a torrent of divine activity all the time. In you right now, God is working to will and to do his good pleasure. Perhaps it's whispering, this is a good point. You should listen. Maybe. I mean, I'm not going to say it is, but it could be that. could be. It is. It totally is. Right? But all the time, no matter where you are, God is working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And all around you, everywhere you go, God is working around you in the circumstances of life and the people you're with to bring them back to his son. All the time. John Wesley called this prevenient grace, which is a weird old English word we don't use anymore, but it means preparing beforehand. He believed, he got to the point at the end of his life where he just said, everything is a divine opportunity. And sorry, prevenient, don't ask me to spell it. Google knows, hey, prevenient grace. Wesley wasn't the only one who talked about it, but he gave it kind of an Armenian spin, which I kind of like, but anyway. Um, Calvin talked about it too a lot, but it's it towards the end of john wesley's life he just basically i'll use our language to describe it everything is a god opportunity everything is a divine moment every person that i meet every circumstance that i'm in god has already gone before me and prepared those people for me in that moment what do you think about that it takes a ton of pressure off you and it actually allows you to go, okay, this circumstance, and now I'm not saying, let me, let me quick clarify, I'm not saying every circumstance is from God. I do believe the enemy tries to mess with things. I do believe you need to resist evil. Okay, so don't, don't hear that sort of an overly passive attempt at this. But my larger point is, why do I think the mundane matters? Because there's so much of it. It's not that... I don't know about you, but I find normal life very humbling. It's not because one day is so hard necessarily. It's just because they keep coming. <laughs> They're just relentless. They never stop. It's just one after another. It's like, uncle, give me a break. And they just keep coming. See, like, because normal life is like where you see how much you actually carry. Like, it, it's the proving ground of life. It's really the crucible. It's how much peace do I actually walk in? How much, how much love? How much joy? How much patience? Because normal life has a way of really stripping you down to your bare essential, right? And what I'm talking about today is not self-help. Let's, by our own strength, gird up our wills to get super excited about our life, right? I'm actually talking about having to live in the power of the Holy Spirit to engage with the Lord at all times. Because there is no way to actually walk successfully in the mundane without the power of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And, and a lot of this goes back to our vocation as, as humans. What, what, what were Adam and Eve called to in the garden? It was work. There was, they had a rulership calling and a priestly calling. They were supposed to cultivate the earth, 
They were supposed to extend the presence of God everywhere. Because Eden, actually, you guys know this, if you look at Genesis really carefully, Eden actually wasn't, not all of the world was like Eden, where the special presence of God was. It was actually had boundaries to it. And part of their job was to extend Eden all over the planet, to extend that special area and where they had that special relationship with God, and they were supposed to extend it. Part of it was to have children and to make image bearers who bear the presence of God and cooperate with him and extend that all over the earth. That's still our calling. Jesus came back to restore us to our vocation as humans. So part of our call, love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our souls, reflect his image everywhere we go, and extend heaven. Let me ask you a question. What was Jesus doing the first 30 years of his life? Have you thought about this? God in the... F- didn't quite have a baby, but that's a great... That's a great... But that's what We had a baby, though. That was fine. God in the flesh, in your village, for 30 years... And nobody knows it. God in the flesh, sitting next door in your village, and nobody knows. That says a lot about God, actually. And it says a lot about how he works. We oftentimes think things are going too slow. God, where are you in this? Where are you in this? God in the flesh for 30 years in a village and nobody knows. And he is what? Being a, he's in a family. He's being a son. He's being a brother. He's part of a community. He's learning a trade, probably. Carpentry, stonework, etc., depending on the bait you want to follow on that. That's a long time. You ever looked at the life of Isaac carefully? Here's the promised child, right? What did he do? What did Isaac actually do? And he had Jacob and Esau. That was good. He finds Rebecca. And when you find your Rebecca, life is good. Life is good when you find your Rebecca. Spelled right, too. Just like my wife. He could find water anywhere, that guy. But you look at his life, you're like, this is the promised child. Like this, He's got to do something like amazing, right? And you look at his life, he raises a family and he extends the family business. And that's exactly what he was supposed to do. Your life is much more valuable than you think. And you get that value out of things that are really boring and mundane. You guys have heard of Brother Lawrence, I'm sure practice of the presence of God. He's a little French monk who learned a secret. It's not really a secret, actually. He just invited God into his daily life, which was kind of a boring existence. He just washed dishes and said, hey, God, would you hang out with me? I challenge you to invite God into the normal activities that you you are doing every day. It's okay, Joshy. It will actually transform how you are looking at circumstances. 
I'm not saying it will actually change the circumstances. Circumstances will still be there. But it will... Babies still poop. They sure do. <laughs> let me give you... I'm going to go... I've got a few more statements. And then um, let me give you some practical tips that I've found that have helped me kind of with the mundane stuff. Um, and then we'll do some questions. And uh, if you guys have any comments. Um, is, this, is this making sense now? Okay. Because I think... In our circles, I wish that more folks would talk about the normal process of how they've gotten closer to God. A lot of times we get the highlight reels, like the book of Acts. That's why we love the book of Acts. And, but you know the book of Acts is a highlight reel, right? I mean, it's a 35, 40-year period, depending on who you're asking, of highlights. Like, it's not always the daily life, the daily grind, the day-to-day. -day. And... The highlight reels are awesome. It's like Facebook now, right? You post your highlights. You don't post, hey, I did dishes for half an hour last night that I should have done two days ago. It was awesome. And now I'm super tired in the morning. When you start viewing all of your life as an opportunity for God to work in you, it, what it does is it puts everybody on the same playing field. There's no elitism anymore in daily life because I don't care how rich you are or how successful you are, you have some more boring, mundane activity to go through. And for me, the, the work of the cross in my life happens the most in my daily life. That is where the cross is applied to me the most. Where I have to die to my own self and live out of my new nature the most is my daily life. My latest thing that I've been doing, emails at work. When I go back to work, I'll probably have five to 6,000 emails. Yeah, I know, it's awesome. I could auto-delete them all. Is that you, Lord? Silence. It's probably not then. So the Lord's been challenging me to engage him while I'm doing emails. Let me tell you this. He's way more enthusiastic about this than I am. Just in general, the Lord is way more enthusiastic about everything than I am. But he's really enthusiastic about this. And he keeps saying, I want you to invite me into this moment. I'm like, ah, why don't you pray for this person who just emailed you? Like every single one? That's a lot of time. Like, hey, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Like, what do you want me? Auto, like, can I do an auto blessing? Like, what is this? Out of office blessing? Is that, is that, is that allowed? But his point is this. What you do, son, is you delay your joy... You delay your peace. You delay accessing my presence while you do these normal things. And then you rush back to, okay, now, God, I'm going to be with you. He's like, you just had three hours where you were with me, and you could have been with me right there in it. Right? Okay, let me give you a few practical ones. I, I mentioned a couple of them. Mike Bickle has this. He taught me this first. I really like his perspective. When you're in a situation where you need a particular fruit of the spirit, like patience, peace, whatever it is, you're with an annoying coworker, you start in your head or out loud softly, so you're not super weird. You don't say it too loud. Thank you for peace right now. Thank you for peace, Holy Spirit. Thank you for peace. Thank you for peace. Thank you for peace. 
the more you do that, what you're doing is you're engaging with, with the Holy Spirit right there. And he actually will download power in your innermost being. He will actually download power to you. And you will notice, I don't always notice peace coming instantly. What I do notice is I'm less likely to be super annoyed and speak out things that I shouldn't. <laughs> Right. I mostly get to like neutral, not like positive. But if I'm really honest, but it's better than like saying something I regret. I have found that to be very helpful. Um, another exercise that I've been doing, uh, it's called it, this is from the Quaker tradition. Um, I my brother and I found out recently, this is about two years ago, that the first our first relative who came to the United States on my dad's side, John, John Stone, um, way back when, uh, he actually became a Quaker back in 1696. That was young Quakers, so that's back when they were pretty edgy and revivaly before Quaker Oats. Um, but they had, they had an exercise that they used to do. Now, it's called centering prayer, but don't let that scare you. This is, this is 1600, so they had no connection with New Age movement or Buddhism or anything like that. But what they would do is they would actually sit down, and let me, actually, let me do it. What they would do and this, is the, this was their way of accessing the presence of God quickly when they needed to. They would do it a lot of times before meetings, but I found it in normal life. It's actually really fun. They would sit with their palms down on their knees, and they would, they would usually pray it out or say it out. I'm casting all my cares on you because you care for me. And as their palms were down, they would just imagine their stress, anxiety, tension, worries, and fears draining into the floor. And then they would lift their palms up and they would say, Holy Spirit, fill me with joy and peace. And we'll do this at the end here. I'll give you a few more, but this is a good one. And they would do it usually two or three times. Sometimes maybe four or five if you really need it. But they would find that you're able to access his presence quickly in a moment. Now, I do this one at work all the time. <laughs> frankly because I'm sitting down a lot. But you can also do it standing, too. You can just imagine, I'm casting all my cares on you, because you care for me. Holy Spirit, fill me with peace and joy. And you can do it. Breathe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found the more you do that, um, the easier it is, actually, to get into awareness of his presence. Because that's really what we're talking about. It's not, we know God's presence is always with us. We know that all of our moments are significant, but we don't always feel it. But you know what? You don't have to. We can just take that on faith. That right now, in this moment, you are working in me to will and to do your good pleasure. And all around me, you're reconciling the cosmos back to you. All the time. So your mundane your boring, normal activities, if you can master this, that's actually, in my opinion, the key to your anointing. Because it's what you've been given. Because really, this is about stewardship. It's about stewarding what you've been given. But I've been given super boring stuff. Well, then you get to give those parts of your life as an offering to God. It's... Sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise. <laughs> Sometimes it might take 10, 15 minutes to get into worship while doing something very unpleasant. But you have the opportunity to take every part of your life 
and give it to him. And here's, here's the point. I want you guys to get something out of each area of your life. Because you're going to have to be in traffic anyway. You might as well get some value out of it. You're going to be having to do those dishes anyway. I have to change my son's poopy diapers no matter what. There is no choice. Well, I suppose there could be, but not a pleasant one. So you might as well get the most you can out of every opportunity because you're going to be there anyway. So you might as well enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in anything that's awesome and for me most i believe most encounters with god are actually very subtle i love dramatic encounters i mean i'd love for us to be doing something and then an angel pops up and is like that was really good you should do that again okay i will sounds great but if you like study because i like to study those encounters that all of our friends and heroes read and the ones in the bible but when you read them carefully most of the time what they do is just emphasize things that God's already said in his word, or they emphasize how important the things he's already told us to do are. In other words, they just let you know, yeah, life actually does matter, and there is meaning and purpose behind it. So keep going. Don't get discouraged. So your life, your real normal life, and all the normal activities in it is the perfect way for you to develop an awesome relationship with God, grow in the power of the Holy Spirit, and have deep, real, lasting intimacy with God. Because that's what we all want, right? We want real truth. We want real power, real life. We want, we want what we have, we want it to last. We want it to be able to go through the fire of testing and come out the other side. And my argument is daily life is that testing. It is that firing, refining process. And what you come out on the other end is, it's real. So I'm going to ask us to pray for it real quick. We might do a few more things, but I want you to think about your life right now. Think about an area of your life that you've just kind of maybe punted on and said, God has not been involved in this area of my life because I've thought it's really super annoying and I don't want to talk about it. So I want us, so Holy Spirit right now, would you just come? And show us an area of our lives right now, our real life, where you would like to encounter us more. And Lord, I ask you right now to download a strategy of how we can access you more and cooperate with you more in this part of our life. Okay. So we're going to do one more exercise, and I have a few comments. So I want you to put your hands on your knees. We're going to do the palms up, palms down thing. And I want you to picture your normal boring life, <laughs> things you do that you don't like to do, frustration things. And I just want you in your mind 
to watch those things just fall to the ground. So God, we just cast all of our anxiety and cares and fear and frustration with these normal things that have to get done. And Father, we just repent if we've had a bad attitude about some of these things. And now, Father, we just lift our palms up and we ask, Holy Spirit, would you fill us with your presence? And would you fill us with a sense of purpose that you have in these moments for us? We can put our palms back down. And maybe there's some other things. Maybe there's some more frustrations. Why don't you let that go too? So Lord, anything that came up, even any unbelief we have of how in the world can I access God through this or that, or can we just let that go? And if you're getting some revelation out of other stuff, go ahead and feel free to write it down. And we just lift our palms up and we say, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with power to recognize what you're doing in my normal life so I can cooperate with you. We're going to do it one more time. So we put our palms down. And Lord, we just repent of wishing we had a different life. And God, we just ask for forgiveness for that. And we just thank you right now for the life you've given us and what you've given us to steward. And we just ask for grace to do it well. So God, we just lift our palms up to you and we say, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us with your presence and your power so that we can master our mundane Amen. Does that make sense, guys? Your normal life is really important. And we all have just as much opportunity to be as close to God as anyone else does. We just have to use all the pieces of our life together. Is that good? Okay. That's good. <laughs>